1: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Chica here. So before we get going, let's talk FF1S live at the British Grand Prix. But not there, we will be in a pub watching people there, as is RMO. Yes, it is happening folks and you are all invited.
0: It's on Sunday the 8th of July from 1pm in South London Town.
2: And we'll be in a place that's got a cinema screen, it's got seats, it's got beer. Oh, four. waiting to confirm toilet situation, <laughs> but yeah. definitely I a mean, be Yeah, or corners or something.
1: So then you get to watch the podcast recorded live, you lucky things. So go to ff1s.com forward slash British hyphen gran and get your tickets. Is that right? That People. is right. Okay. I mean, that makes
0: no sense unless you
2: heard a previous episode, but. It's fine. Okay. Oh. A special offer if you bring your gran she gets free gin
1: <laughs> so book now for disappointment and Phil do you have a final incentive it should be nice okay and Terry got a threat
2: I mean I tend to find that in rooms that aren't quite full I get naked so <laughs> we probably need to sell every ticket I mean otherwise. that could be an incentive or sometimes if the room's quite full I get naked I just like to get naked Okay.
1: okay. Naked now. so that's ff1s.com forward slash british hyphen gran and now here's the show Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that brings you all the action from two fascinating hours of carefully managing tyres.
0: Uh, I'm not up for this one.
1: Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that dreams of giving Prince Albert a shoey. Or giving Shoey a Prince Albert.
2: I mean, he couldn't complain, could he? <laughs> I think that's in bad taste. Oh, Shoey is in, in shoe, not as in mate.
1: Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast where all the presenters have definitely seen the race despite all having been on holiday.
2: Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. You'll be surprised how greatly I can bullshit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that went all the way to the British Podcast Awards. And we didn't win. No.
0: It was a nice night, though. And well done, Fight Disciples, for winning Best Sports Podcast.
1: Also, can I say, the F1 podcast went, it was just you, wasn't it? No,
2: Terry was there as well. Really? Well, I wasn't there, but I can really bullshit.
1: (laughs) I'm G Rez, and today from the rooftop of Picturehouse Central in London's glistening West End, yes it's wet, we're going to talk about the Monaco Grand Prix where we saw a slow circuit, everyone giving their tyres TLC and they were big boats. So essentially three laps out of the 78 were actually worth watching but we are going to fill the time. That is all to come. So joining me is a man who has been trying to outdo me when it comes to celebrity encounters. It is Phil Tromans.
0: Hello everyone. Yes, normally Chica. You come in with your stories about how you've met all the celebrities. What is that, Harry Styles? Yeah. Well, yesterday I met some uh, pretty big names. Who is a group Do you think is the biggest rock group on the planet at the moment?
2: Oh, the Lemonheads.
0: It's not Boyzone. Beatles? (laughs) Not far off. I met the Rolling Stones. You no. met. I oh, yeah. met. I shook all hands. I talked to all of the Rolling Stones yesterday afternoon. Why? Why? Basically, one of their they're on a the tour at the moment, the No Filter Tour, and uh, <laughs> also no. Tour It is called the No Filter Tour. Because we can't
2: use Instagram. We're too old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As some people might know, I work in the motor industry, and one of the tour sponsors was Jeep, and they said, "Do you want to come along?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay, it sounds like fun." And it turned out that it was like a full meet and greet ticket. Whoa! So I got shepherded backstage with about six other people. We went into this sort of tent where they, all their dressing rooms were set up, and we stood in this little room with black felt around the walls, and there were spaces on the floor that said their initials, and then guest, 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 and they said, stand here, and we stood there, and then in walked the Rolling Stones, who were all very nice, quite old, mm. had very limp handshakes, but were exceedingly pleasant. They said hello, we had a picture taken. Uh, we wished them good luck for the show, and then they walked off, and it lasted about 30 seconds.
1: How did but, you get this, being a motoring journalist?
0: Uh, well, just Wait. being involved in the motoring industry and being, you know, a bit of a pig cheese.
1: And alongside him is a man who has been flying a plane. It's Terry Saunders.
2: So, I went on holiday this weekend, and basically, both ends, the flights were very delayed. And on the way, the flight was about an hour delayed. And just as it was kind of taxiing around to get to the runway... The announcement. The taxi came on and said, "I'm sorry, we're going to have to go back to the, uh, the, par- the whatever it's called, the parking spot. You know, a usable technical term, because somebody has to get off the plane because they've been taken ill oh. or something." And it's like, "Oh God, that's a bit dramatic." And it turns out it wasn't. It, it wasn't ill. It was like someone had anxiety, couldn't. T- you know, was scared of flying. Wasn't you? It wasn't me. I'm pretty kip with it these days. And. um so they had to stop and some guy had to get off and he got like the death stare from like 300 people <laughs> going already delayed then there's like another two hour delay because we've missed our slot mm-hmm. and everything so everyone's like you know staring at the empty seat and the people with him going fucking just get him drunk come on <laughs> and um this was British Airways he'd be pissed by now anyway it was an easy jet flight so then the captain said because well, we've got a bit of weight any, ch- any children that want to go and sit in the cockpit well you're more than welcome I thought they so, weren't allowed to do that yeah, since 9-11, that's not allowed. But yeah. apparently children, less of a threat. <laughs> and so children queue up to go in and they all get to sit there and have a little tour. Blah, blah, blah. But then on there, because I'm going to holiday, I'm just treating my mum. It's her 60th birthday. So I kind of, well, I got my wife to kind of be like, say it's my mum's birthday. So we went in so then we kind of went into the cockpit, had a sit down, had a bit of a joke with the crew. It's a bit like being around stones. It was like we we're in there for like 30 seconds, said some boring stuff, very limp hand Yeah, hope they had a good show. Yep. And uh, then came out and there was just like some really impatient kids waiting there and I'm like, <laughs> sorry dudes. And that was it. Chica, who have you seen or flown
0: this week?
1: I've been to Colombia. You may know that because you had a poor man's version the of me. Label. It was really fun. Went to this beautiful, sort of isolated Caribbean island. But before you get on the boat, they give you an anti-sickness pill and a bag. Um, so that was looking good, which well, meant they've well,
2: got a lot, lot of hope in there. Yeah. yeah. Pills, so I then they? threw
1: up for three hours, solid, nice. uh, which was kind of ruined the trip as it was. And then got there and beautiful. island, was really excited about sun. You know, crystal clear seas. It then rained solidly uh, for 24 hours, um, which we tried to sort of make it more exciting by getting a golf buggy uh, to drive around. That
2: sounds cool. Yes. Really However,
1: I've driven in three years, and so it was the most stressful trip ever. And also it hasn't got a windscreen, so it's just rain ah. blowing in your face. So that was no good. Then the sun came out. Nice. nice very excited about that put some sun cream on factor 50 jumped straight in the sea forgot that you have to wait for it to soak in severely burnt my bum and then the last day uh we thought okay we have to just get some cash out to pay for the airbnb that we did great so drove the golf buggy to um the cash point uh, there's two on the island cash point number one wasn't working fine we went to cash point number two which was uh, having maintenance done they said don't worry there's another cash point and they put a map up and it was uh, 60 miles away on another island (laughs) (laughs) but the rest of it was good okay this episode is brought
0: to you by the Colombian Tourist Report
1: And so we career carelessly into listeners' corner, accidentally clipping the armco of public opinion and breaking the steering arm of logical analysis. So we asked you what you thought of everything F1 and you replied with Verstappen-like precision. So naturally, most of the conversation is about Monaco. Philip Morby said, am I the only person that enjoyed that race? Sure, it wasn't a classic, but it had a bit of everything. No, it didn't. Lucas says, I'm not that negative about the Monaco Grand Prix. The area is beautiful and the third quarter was quite tense because of the top three driving in one shot uphill. Verstappen did some overtaking and Gasly and Ocon drove really well. However, Steve Turner said, Monaco is and has been for the past three decades, the worst, most overrated race on the calendar. The FIA and Ross Brawn need to realise the circuit layout is more important than front and rear wing regulations for good racing. Compare Melbourne and Monaco to Bahrain, China and Baku. Phil McWilliams said, apart from Charlie Clark's brake failure, watching that race was more painful than having root canal surgery without an anaesthetic performed by a dentist with anger issues. Our esteemed readers weren't the only ones bitching about the boring race. Lewis Hamilton, Kimi Räikkönen and Fernando Alonso all agreed. But Ross Braun said it's naive to expect much more race action in Monaco. He said Monaco is such a special race that it should not be judged by the same criteria as the others.
2: Okay, well in that case, I'm looking forward to getting a refund from Sky (laughs) for that. (laughs) For the race you just watched. Alright, okay, okay, let's let's come clean i watched qualifying in the hotel room mm-hmm. on the race day i was in pompeii you know looking at volcano shit and like dead bodies and i got back and i watched i was trying to find some kind of tv channel showing it now tv they geo blocked it and everything so i found on the youtube page for the formula what now we must admit formula one the official youtube channel has been doing very good work it's got, got a year. lot better mm-hmm. they do a five minute highlight of the race and frankly that got boring about four minutes. <laughs> I'll be
0: honest. That it it, really On this occasion, I think we can let you off because you pretty much got the whole race there. There was a lot of padding in that five yeah. minutes. I'm pretty so I impressed they smart. managed to
1: scrape together yeah. even three minutes. I mean, I mean,
0: two minutes was just like looking at the boats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Philip and Lucas said they quite liked it.
1: And yeah. I mean,
0: if you're really, really into your F1, you could or legitimately mm. probably argue that if... Your idea of excitement is watching people carefully manage their fairly shoddy tyres in order to fit into a particular type of pit <laughs> strategy that means you maintain your position on track and then you like watching somebody whose car doesn't work very well for most of the race still win because nobody can overtake him.
1: Then, yeah, it was good. To be fair, Phil, I just zoned out when you were saying that. I mean, so and that's me just trying to fucking
2: explain why people might like it. I mean, Jesus <laughs> I Christ. always think that... Good sporting event or a good sporting story, you should be able to make a film from it. You know, think the Mighty Ducks or uh, other sport films that Phil will fill me in on now. The Mighty Ducks 2, Electric <laughs> Boogaloo. <laughs> Imagine putting that into a film.
1: Wouldn't even make an advert, would it? Exactly, yeah, it'd be terrible. It'd be
2: like now, an art house film. From what I can gather, what happened is that because the tyres were so precarious the whole
0: race, <laughs> they, they were all soft. They had all the softs. They had Magna Soft, Ultra Soft, Mr. Soft, Stupid
2: Soft, soft, soft. Lower Soft. <laughs> <laughs> That they weren't driving a full pelt. And if they're not driving a full pelt around Monaco, they're not going to make mistakes. And let's frank, let's face it, Monaco is only good when someone fucks up.
0: Yeah. As Mustappen evidenced in qualifying. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thus proving again that he's the most entertaining driver on the grid. Well, we'll Discuss. get to him, I'm sure. Okay.
2: You know how I feel about that.
1: So Mike Morby had some thoughts on Williams. Even the drivers were complaining about being a boring race. But please, please, please tell us your thoughts on the spoilt brat Stroll. Oh,
2: what did he do this time? Was he just whining the whole time? Is that what
0: happened? There was quite a bit of that and Mm. he was quite far off the back and Williams were just generally shit.
1: But Alan David wanted to contrast Riccardo and Stroll's performances. He said it is the perfect comparison of a world-class driver and a crap pay-for drive. Just look at the calm, professional way that Ricardo dealt with his potentially race-ending issues and went on to win, compared to Stroll, who was whining like a little bitch. Although, to be fair, if I had paid £20 million for a car and got a Williams, I'd probably be on the phone to customer service as well.
2: Good point to end on, because, uh, you know, his, his daddy didn't pay for... Uh... A shite, William but you know, that's what well, he, got. he did. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> what he got. evidence suggests otherwise. Do you remember uh, there was a thing when eBay got first got big, and someone bought an Xbox box, and it turned up and it was a cardboard box. Now, well, the listing says an Xbox box, <laughs> you just paid a grand for it, whatever, and that's kind of what I feel they've got they've got williams in like a shell of a car i mean it's it's officially a williams yeah but but it's not it's not an fw 14b is it i know that i often am very belittling about skill level in formula one and how you know given a chance i could do it which i still believe (laughs) now i have driven around monaco on a computer game with (laughs) with full set you know full settings off you know proper proper Mm. kind of doing it Properly yourself, steering and braking. Well, uh, it and was gears. this when you were around at mine? I've done it. I've done it several times. In okay. Several different guys over the years. <laughs> several different guys. I see. I go around many men's houses <laughs> and play Formula One, and um, Monaco, right? It's really hard. It is. If, you, if you're trying to do it properly, mm. even on a game, you've got to really concentrate. And if one second you don't concentrate, you're off in the wall. Now, if you imagine how hard it really is, if you're not just sat there in someone's pants room, <laughs> in someone's room, then it's fine. So the idea that he had, to, that Ricardo had to then talk about his engine problem, drive around it, do like lots of settings, because there's not really a point in the lap when you're not terrified of the barriers. So even just changing a knob on the steering wheel must be pretty precarious. And he can do that for like 60 odd laps of the race. That is impressive. That could almost make like an Apollo 13 kind of film, mm. like Red Buller played by Ed Harris, and he's played by Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks swaps around with Verstappen, like in big. That'd be good, wouldn't it? When <laughs> <laughs> he becomes an adult. Anyway, um, it's fascinating, and it's an interesting way that he actually managed to actually do this. It is an amazing story, but watching it, pretty boring. Yeah, boring as shit.
1: Ben Oswald has a more general question, and he said, do you guys think the current driver points allocation is off? First place, 25 points. Second place is 18 points. Third, 15 points. Fourth, 12 points, etc. And what would you guys do to fix it?
2: Firstly, if you're going to say here's a general question, and then you make it quite specifically about Formula One points. Well, it's not, about, not about Monaco qu- specifically. No, but like a general question would be, you know, which colour is the earth on a plug socket? And I'd be like, like, that's the green. one. I mean, that's one. quite
1: specific as well.
2: <laughs> well <laughs> someone's into <went> Colombia. <laughs> Just, Just answer some. the question. Well, they brought in this point structure because Schumacher was winning everything. It, was only, it
0: used to be only the top six would get points, wasn't it?
2: And then there was a. The, the, I think the gap was bigger, which made it more ex- a, a win was worth more. I think because Schumacher was winning everything for years, they and made so a second miles ahead. less big, so that when he's winning, there's a chance for us to catch up. But um. that doesn't really make sense. I think they should do away with points altogether. Right. Oh, controversial. Well, you had Bernie's medal system that came in a few... you had an idea a few years. Bernie's ago. Bernie's meddling. Yeah. And <laughs> you wanted gold, silver, and bronze, and the most person with the most goals wins in a year. I think it should be more of a system of honour-based system. Mm -hmm. You know if you go to like a car park in a small village and it says just put a quid in the box if you want to park you don't have to. And for years Smiths (laughs) were doing it with newspapers, right? I think it should be like that. I think we should do like away with all thing. do away with all these timing screens and like recording winners and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> End of the year, you get a sub bloke in the pub who just goes, "Who, who won the most races?" Go, I don't know, mate. Actually, I, I, I didn't watch all of it, but I reckon Vettel did quite well. <laughs> Great world champion, mm. brilliant. Okay, well that's one for Osbourne to consider. I'd like
0: to see it mixed up a little bit. I mean, they've been talking about doing maybe Saturday races. I'd like to see maybe some points for qualifying, maybe points for fastest lap. Or oh, yeah, yeah. in mm. track cycling, they have a race where you all go around the track and every two laps, the last person is eliminated. So maybe you do oh. that throughout the season. So well, if, like, that- if you come last in Australia, that's your season over. That would be good. That was kind of the idea with the new qualifying, wasn't it? It was like the slowest on the track yeah. going. similar. That work, I reckon obviously. extend that to all the races. So if you have one shitty race and you happen to be the first to crash or your car breaks down, that's it. You're out. You're done. I don't
2: know if have points for best press conference. Mm-hmm.
0: The only problem is if there's 21 races in the season and there's 20 drivers and every race one <laughs> driver is eliminated, Abu Dhabi in Brazil could be quite boring. Double points, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so in other news, it was the Indy 500, no Alonso this year, but there were plenty of ex-Formula 1 drivers vying for America's biggest motorsport crown, including... Alexander Rossi, Takuma Sato, as well as Sebastian Bourdais and Max Chilton. So in the end, the winner was Will Power. That is the Australian driver and not the psychology of volition. Did any of us watch it?
2: Actually, I did. Did you? Because I got back from Pompeii and I was flicking through the channels and I found the Indy 500 and I watched I mean about 10 minutes of it but it was you know was it more than you watched in the Monaco Grand Prix basically I turned it on and it went here's a race recap and I thought that's a good idea in Formula 1 they should just do a thing that if you just got back from Pompeii they do a little (laughs) race recap it's a very specific feature that Sky should bring in any of you have visited volcanoes today (laughs) yeah bingo it didn't seem as interesting this year it seemed a bit boring it's no longer better than Monaco Mm.
1: yeah Ferrari's chief designer, Simone Resta is leaving to join Sauber as technical director. This will definitely help dispel the suggestion that Sauber are rapidly becoming another Ferrari junior team. Sauber use Ferrari engines. They have Ferrari sister brand, Alfa Romeo, as a title sponsor and currently run Ferrari young driver, Charles Leclerc. Nothing to worry about there.
2: Well, also, there's been no gardening leave. Now, normally in Formula One, mm. if you leave one team and go to another, you've got to have like six months to a year oh, and yes. it's not working. And they normally do it at the end of the year, don't they? Yeah, and but seriously, Ferrari have gone, do you know what? We're fine with you going to another team. Yeah, it's and he's like, going like at the end
0: of this month or yeah, something. So maybe
1: they need his gardening skills. <laughs> maybe. But, but mean, they're
0: completely separate. They run completely separately.
2: But
1: then we've got Garden. Haas
2: and Sauber Alfa Romeo all being like Ferrari B teams. So now there's going to be a kind of B, who's the B team, who's the C team. Um, it's, going to be a, it's going to be a rivalry. It's but going to be ripe for satire. I think the Sauber name is going to disappear. I mean, you might be right. I think in a couple of years it'll just be Alpha Romeo. I mean, they've, they've got a
0: history of being tagged with a... B, they were BMW Sauber for a while. Yeah. They were probably something else at some point. It would be good to get rid of... It.
1: The oh yeah, they were, weren't
0: they? Were they Red Bull Sauber? I can't remember what their official name was then. I the was
2: name,
1: it Red Bull they
0: Sauber? Was, they
2: yeah. was definitely heavily.
1: Anyway,
0: sponsored. I mean, Alfa Romeo. Sauber The trouble is, while they're Alfa Romeo Sauber, nobody calls them Alfa Romeo Sauber, do they? They just call them Sauber, exactly. Mm. So yeah, they might have to throw Peter Sauber a lot more money.
1: So it's time for another in our occasional series we call Young Driver Watch. Could we see Nicholas Latifi head to F1? The young Canadian is a race winner in Formula 2 and a development driver at Force India, and his talent could well see him rise to the top tier of single-seater motorsport. Now, which team he could end up at remains unclear, but in unrelated news, his dad has just invested $200 million into McLaren.
2: I mean, come
1: on. If I mean,
2: you, <laughs> if you want to go... It's almost like they're going, right, Well, McLaren, they've gone, right, who do you want to remulate? Do you want to be we are four on hard times, do we want to be Mercedes, or Ferrari, you know, or Red Bull even, or let's look at Williams as our model. <laughs> so let's go from 90s dominating world champions to, uh, you know, some team that's a bit shit, has a lot of heritage, and someone's dad has put a lot of money into it. Shit. Are, you, are you suggesting that we could see another Canadian
0: stroll onto a Formula One team? Oh, nice pun. But Thanks isn't
2: Latifia's family much richer?
0: I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, Lance Stroll's dad's a billionaire, so yeah, he's got I, a few people. but quid. I
2: think Latifia's... I think I read that his mum is in milk and his dad is in some <laughs> kind of his food Cleopatra country. or yeah, something. It's just like they they are. Like, they run all the farms in Canada or something. They're like wow.
0: stupidly rich. Canada's very big and rural. Mm, there's a so lot that's, of farms. that has got to be lots of farms. Does all, the, all I mean, Latifia's come out. In fairness, we should say that Latifia's come out and said, no, this isn't what's going on at all. It's got nothing to do with that. Yeah. But... The name of the company, the investment company that his dad used to now become a partner in you know, he's on the same level as sort of Mansour Oje and all those guys. He's he's now a partner in McLaren. And the name of the investment. It's not far off. It's basically the name of the the name of the company and I probably should have written it down, but essentially it's the first two letters of his son's three names including his middle name. It's something like Nadala or something like that. Nicholas David Latifi. And it's like, oh, no, it's complete coincidence. <laughs> That's, I mean, it might just as well have been called the Nicholas Latifi F1 Fund or something like that. It's just a kickstarter. So, <laughs> the trouble is now, I mean, Latifi, he's done all right, but he's not spectacular. He's about 10th in F2 at the moment, I think. And if if he does get onto the team, everyone's just going to go, well, he's another Lance Stroll, isn't he?
1: But surely $200 million is going to help McLaren? Well,
0: apparently it's just complete coincidence. It's just a sound business oh, course, investment yeah, yeah. by his dad.
1: So tell us how wrong we are. You can email us at wrong at ff1s.com tweet us at for f One sake or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Snapchat. Are we still on that? Uh, no. <laughs> so we're for f One. sake. I've
2: actually deleted the app. So if you're messaging to Snapchat, if you're messaging us then we bother. should probably take it off yeah. the uh, script. No. No, just no, Just leave it on. I like, I like it. it. <laughs>
1: So let's return to the Monaco Grand Prix with our copyrighted, not actually copyrighted, look at the teams and the drivers that are in those teams. So we'll start with Red Bull. Now, despite limited power, I think seventh and eighth gears were off, Ricardo couldn't do anything wrong. And then he jumped into the Red Bull pool, the things he will do to get a contract. And Verstappen messed up qualifying, but he did a pretty impressive bit of driving going from 20th to ninth. And this is not very Monaco. It's
2: interesting, because we should talk about Verstappen. He ruined the weekend. Like Red Bull were amazing this weekend. They had the car for Monaco. Yeah. One, a 1-2 was totally nailed on. Golden opportunity for maximum points. Mm. And, you know, there's not many races this year where they're going to be definitely the best. And as a, you know, as a corporate entity team, etc., it's pretty despicable for Max to throw it all away. Yeah, but, but he's been doing this all season. I fucking loved it. Because <laughs> it was the exact same place as a couple of years ago in the race, uh. to the point where if you look at the side-by-side comparison, like the, the suspension breaks over the kerb and then he goes into the wall where he went out of the race a couple of years ago. full one uh, social media account, put a thing up on Instagram with the side-by-side, at the top comment was just like, stop showing you, you're just making him look bad. It's like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are! I mean... <laughs>
0: it's one of those things isn't it where obviously I mean, we were talking earlier you've got to push so hard especially in qualifying even if not actually in the race
2: we're, we're in the pits there's <laughs> tyre changes
0: going on behind us if you can hear that it's fine it's one of those things where you've, you've, in qualifying particularly you've got to push so hard to get that lap because position is so important in uh, in Monaco but if you push a millimetre too much or you turn into that corner coming out the swimming pool a millimetre early you wipe the front of your car off and for the sixth race in a row, Verstappen's thrown it away. I mean, he had that. He had, at the very worst, barring any mechanical problems, second place, at least, on a plate.
2: And he fucked it up. And also, think how exciting that race would have been if Ricardo was ahead of him, and he was going, well, if ricardo has got a problem, he's got to let me through. And yeah. we could have had a bit of
1: argy-bargy and a bit of a crash.
0: But it did have, then, the added sort of... a. Uh, little little frisson of him starting at the back and having to charge mm. through the uh, field. Which was um,
1: very impressive in Monaco.
0: It was, but I mean, what did he get to? ninth? Yeah. yeah. I mean, bearing in mind a few years ago Alonso got to 6th from the back. I wonder if, I mean, he did a couple of decent overtakes against much slower cars who probably weren't going to fight too much to keep him there because you know, why would you? <laughs> He's back to Verstappen, he'll probably clobber you. He did seem a little neutered, but I wonder if he'd been told, in fact he was told we heard on the radio, where his engineer came over and said, just a, just a little reminder any future overtakes, try and keep it clean which was basically saying, do not fucking crash Max, mm. because you will be so fired if you crash yet again.
2: I think he should have a new nickname, a lot of people call him Max the Crashton or Max and I think we should go for Crash, 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 Crash <laughs> I think that works. <laughs> is his new name that, uh, I mean the thing is we should talk about his practice crash, because the reason he went out is because he's rattled. Ricardo was quicker than him all weekend, and over the off-season it seemed like you know, they've given Verstappen this mega contract that said basically you're the number one driver, not in name, but we're giving you much more money. ricardo has got one year left in his contract, he'll probably be gone. And it was expected that he would then just be the better driver because he was on top of Ricardo last year and he's going to win. And because he's totally screwed up. And then when Ricardo is ahead of him on every practice session, in the practice he was pushing too hard. And it's like, it's his own fault. No, it is. I've always said this about Max Verstappen. And I want you just to both look at me in the eye and admit that I'm right. He also said he wasn't that
0: good. I mean, he is insanely good. He's just...
2: He's not he that is insane. good. He is insanely He's good. Not. It's
0: just that his, his mind's not there. His talent's unbelievable. I think, you know, Hamilton and Alonso levels of talent he just hasn't quite got his mind on it.
1: He? He's got the teenage thing. I don't know if he's a teenager. He's basically
0: pretty basically still pretty much. He's
1: just trying to prove himself. In every race, he tries to prove himself, and it crashes. And
0: he should, he should, and you're right, he should have sorted that out by now. This is, what, his third season in F1? Yeah, exactly. He should have nailed it down by now, and it's to his the detriment that he P-B-T. hasn't. But I still maintain that when he does,
2: and I think he will, he's going to be exceedingly good. But now people are thinking he won't. A few people are saying he might not get over this. Well, and I'm there going, <laughs> "Ooh, told you."
0: He's going to have to do something. I mean, whether he just needs a sports psychologist to sort him out.
1: So let's go back to the winner, Ricardo. Oh yeah, there was, he what, was there yeah. as well. What did you think uh, when he said about not having enough power? Did you think that could be was, it? I thought he was fucked. Yeah,
0: because it was quite early in the race, was it like twenty laps in or something?
1: But wouldn't Monaco work in his favour because it's oh, not t- easy I mean, to yeah, take? T- would, t- he, would he have been able to do that at another circuit?
2: No, I think no. almost every other circuit he'd have just been not a chance and taken hell. Hell. over on the straight. I mean, it,
0: basically, I didn't actually check what it was that was wrong with it. it was it his electrical system had gone? It was the M-
2: M- the K the K unit. Oh, the NGU the M the, the K the
1: K.
0: Ketamine. The ele- one of the yeah yeah no no ketamine. He was in a
2: K-hole and he was not coping well. He was all spacey and being like, I don't know who you are.
0: I mean, essentially that means you're 160 horsepower down, which is, you know, a reasonably potent executive saloon.
2: Imagine turning up to a horse race and not having 160 horses that you've been contracted to bring along. Winning would be difficult. Or a restaurant in France. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, Mercedes. Uh, so Hamilton moaned about his tyres a lot, and I don't think I saw Bottas at all during the race. Um, the race was mainly about the war between the super softs versus ultra softs. Um, Hamilton said that Canada is more s- suited to Mercedes. Will he be throwing himself in a Mercedes swimming pool?
2: I mean, Mercedes just don't have swimming pools. No. They just have they just have big uh, holes in the ground <laughs> full of full of tools and equipment. Because why would you waste that space? <laughs> it's very efficient. <laughs> but um, yeah, this whole... I mean, Piretti have opened themselves up for criticism by having tyres called Hyper Soft mm. and Ultra Soft and, no, really, this is the softest one. <laughs> and then one of those, when one of those tyres can last, like, 50 laps around Monaco, you're like, well, this tyre's pretty hard. Well, they said it would, and then it turned out that it didn't at all. Well,
0: that it was think- half the problem. Is that They, they said, yeah, 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 these last... You'd be able to do the whole race on one of these tyres, and then they set off and it turned out that they didn't. And because everybody wanted to do a, one, a one-stop strategy... And then suddenly it turned out that that was actually going to be super difficult. Everyone was tiptoeing around so as not to knacker their tyres because they didn't want to be yeah. the first to brake and do two stops and then lose track position and not be able to get past. As we've discussed with Ricardo, it's very difficult even if your car's shite.
1: But this will be a one off. This won't happen again. I mean, again,
2: will, it? will it though? I mean, a one off annual tradition every year, one off. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just. Much celebrated. It's just, I mean, oh, I can't even. It's just boring. Yeah, it
0: was not Pirelli's finest moment, not Racing's finest moment.
1: Okay, Ferrari. Uh, Vettel couldn't actually catch up with Ricardo, despite everything, uh, and Ricardo hassled Hamilton for a bit. Uh, but even he called it a boring race. So just when you thought things couldn't get any worse, Hugh Grant was on the guest list. That was a thing. told, isn't he? There were a lot
0: of shitty celebrities at the race. Amazing. Tom Brady was there.
1: I'd, I'd say he's, a, even he's the- an
0: American guy. man. The, the really player? tall guy. He was well, well, I saw him in a thing on Channel 4 or Sky or something. I he was wearing all white and throwing a football at Den Ricardo on a boat. So I, I, I assume he's was an American football I think there. it
1: was the guy that Channel 4, they went up to him and said, we don't know who he is, and then started trying to interview him, despite the fact that they didn't know who he was.
0: That's always fun, isn't it? Well, they, had, they had Bella Hadid, the supermodel, who was there. Uh, she Bella gave a lot of insight Luke, about... who used to work with Russ Abbott.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> she was there. Oh, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, William. So predictably, they oh. had a disappointing weekend, but their disappointing moments provided, I would say, a majority of the race entertainment. Stroll hit Ericsson and then got a puncture, and Sorokin got penalised for not getting his wheels in on time. I thought they might do a bit better after qualifying.
2: Really? William <laughs> was it's hopeful, yeah. Why I mean, he get his wheels in on time what does that mean Wow! In, uh,
1: in their first 3 minutes wasn't
2: it something when
0: they're when they're on the grid they have to have their wheels on and be ready to go within 3 minutes of them setting off on the formulation lap or something like that and they, were and they rolling just didn't it round. have them on time on in time and so they got a penalty for that They and the then, then, to he came, clear. then he came then he came into the pit lane for his uh, to, for serving his penalty for okay. having done oh. that and they didn't wait the full 10 seconds or something and i think he got another penalty for that it was just huh, another catalogue of errors from williams that's and then, really
1: unfair because none of them were his problem no his fault. but nevertheless his that
0: is problem. the way it works you could argue that they should be docked some of the hundreds of points they've got this season um, but no that wouldn't work either but when you were looking at the screen partway through the race it was sort you know we were watching everybody trundle around in in formation and it was like you know, plus one second, plus two seconds, plus one second, plus two seconds. Then you go down the bottom, and in relation to the drivers in front of them, it was like stroll plus fifty-eight seconds, and then Sorokin another minute behind him. Yeah, I mean, like they're they they're were bad. so far off. the
2: Sorokin in like hours and days, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's Tuesday. They should
1: just stopped and say themselves. I mean, themselves.
2: I know it was. I mean, that's no, the whole I year. I don't it. know what else we can say about Williams
0: really. I mean, the thing Williams, the, is William, there to the say? thing
2: with the Williams story is that they've had their fourth from grace they, they when the Mercedes new engine this new engine formula came in they were like getting podiums they were third in the championship so they were doing really well for like a year or two and then they've just declined and declined I think they've just fired their head errors analysis they have the I saw that today hours. yeah Oh, um, they,
0: they fired a couple of guys, haven't they? A, there was another guy who went a couple of weeks. Uh, Frank Williams. Went. Yeah, no, he's still around. He just, uh, just Ed, told him. Edward, point. who's there? Who's a man? Uh, he's gone as well. Edward. Edward. The yeah. The film. Yeah, that's right. They've Do got, got a, was, a, he, he a film on contract. Terrible films. Edward Scissorhands. Johnny Bravo. He made such <laughs> terrible films
2: that you could, um, you uh, know, you could have
0: seen that he wouldn't be that good at uh, running the team. But um, Donnie
2: Brasco. Yeah. Mm. The Godfather. Okay. <laughs> Force Taxi India. Driver.
0: This has gone off off track.
1: Force India. Ocon started and he finished in sixth, and he was actually faster than anyone expected. Uh, Perez had a rubbish race, but for once it wasn't because of unprovoked anger, but it was because of a pit stop cock up. But Ocon was actually putting pressure on Bottas.
0: No, that's true. Actually, no, didn't he make up like 45 seconds or something ridiculous? Mm. And he was, well this is everyone was pooling around looking after their tyres, and for whatever reason, Ocon had pitted for reasons, and he had new tyres on, and he, yeah, he made up an ordinate amount of time and then couldn't get past because Monaco thus rendering it all entirely pointless and shit. Again. But if
1: it wasn't, he could've ended up.
0: But it was. Top
1: 5?
2: Oh, if it wasn't, he could have won by a couple of days. You reckon? There's just something wrong with like because Formula 1 used to it used to be a thing where there were two races on the calendar that are the the outliers. You'd have Monaco and Monza. So Monza you'd have no downforce because there's no corners basically, it's just a runway. And Monaco there's no straight, it's just corners. So they build cars around these two tracks and they'd actually have a special car for Monaco and a special car for Monza. And now we've got this world where they go, well, we've got this car, it's good for most races, but frankly, we're not going to bother in Monaco or Monza. We'll just let Mercedes or Red Bull win, whatever. And this is a problem. All the talk of budget caps and... You know, her modularisation and all the other words I can't say, it's just we should have a special dispensation they should s- scrap all the rules for Monaco and just, say, you know you know they had the, uh, the, the the wacky car go around Spa the other week
0: oh, the fully de- de-restricted yeah,
2: with no rules or anything, yeah. it broke all the letter records they should say Monaco and Monza they should go right, rules are off you, you can, can have a special budget for this you can burn your oil, you can have city flaps you can do whatever you want <laughs> just go for it and then this car would be illegal at the next race. That would
0: be amazing. Some yeah. Monaco specials. Mm. Yeah, the Not Monaco specials. every now special. and again, Adrian Newey designed something for Gran yeah, yeah. Turismo and it looks uh, uh, ridiculous. One of those for Monaco would be amazing.
1: Hashtag Monaco special.
2: Let's get this trending Charlie Watts. <laughs> Charlie Watts? The drummer from the Rolling Stones? Yeah, well, he could maybe make <laughs> it happen. I mean, he's got a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. He
0: probably is listening. I was wearing my FF1S t shirt when I met them. Really? Yeah. I should get the picture through in about six weeks because they you have can't to vet post it. post Well, you can't take your phones in, you can't take your own pictures with the Rolling Stones. So they had an official photographer take a picture of us. And then in six weeks' time, after they've personally vetted all the pictures, they'll send us a digital copy, I which I had to get. sign a thing saying I will not share on social media.
2: I really hope they, when, they, when you get your copy, they blurred out <laughs> the logo on the t shirt.
0: Or they put a Missed Apex logo on. <laughs>
1: Okay, so Hayes. Hayes. Oh, so in terms of poor entertainment value, Hayes came home definitely yes. in first place. They didn't do much. And the only point I really enjoyed was when Grosjean slid off Magnussen. Um, so would you say that Hayes are no longer the best of the worst?
2: Well, it's Monaco, isn't it? It doesn't fucking matter. You know, they'll be back <laughs> to the next. It's just, uh, we're just clutching it. Let's just do the next three teams in one way. Let's just say, okay, okay and the final teams, the colour grey.
1: All right, well, Renault, uh, they finished with two cars in the points. That's right. Uh, Good tyre tactic with Hülkenberg, which was essentially leave him out until someone remembers he needs new tyres. And Sainz got a bit pissed off and the team told him to move out of the way for the Hulk in order to take on Gasly. He then lost the place to Verstappen.
0: Yeah, Sainz was notable for being overtaken. Mm. He was a bit grumpy, wasn't he? Mm. He was.
1: Toro Rosso, Hartley, mate, what have you been doing to deserve this? He got a five-second grid penalty for pit lane speeding. And then Leclerc hit him on the rear, which meant that he had to hang up his helmet, pull his fingers through his luscious locks, and call it a day. Now, Gasly, however, came home in the points, which was in his first ever Monaco Grand Prix. It was, however, mainly because Alonso was off.
0: Uh, hardly hasn't got his luscious locks anymore, has he?
1: He has.
2: Did he cut his hair? He cut his hair, but it's still, it's still longer than the average 4 oh, driver, but it's not as long as his. I mean, was the fact before.
0: that that's the major thing I've picked out of that report. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the accident with Leclerc was a little bit scary, actually. Did you see the replay of that? It was quite Leclerc smashed into the back room that He, he hit the brake pedal, and then you just see a puff of smoke as his front brake discs explode, and yeah. he can't slow down. Uh, it was a bit unfortunate, but um, I mean, at this rate, not entirely through his own fault, but partly, I can't see. Partly sticking around too long.
2: Do you know well, they, when they when they drop Verstappen, by then to Tara Rosso, where's he going to go? <laughs> oh, I
0: went there. <laughs> okay, well done, Gasly.
1: Let's push on to Sauber. Uh, Leclerc had a brake failure, and Eriksson had not a bad race. Uh, he came home eleventh, which is that his best result of the season? Maybe. Uh, this is not a very well researched. No, he,
2: well he got points in one race because no, we're talking did. about he how did he, he got points.
1: He. Yeah. My the bad. Oh, he's, back
0: to, he's back to not, be, not being that good again. But. Well, it's
1: his best result in a little while. Um, so both drivers <laughs> blame being stuck behind Brendan Hartley for their bad performance. Is that true? Uh, I, mean,
0: I mean, the clerk was stuck into Brendan Hartley. <laughs> he got stuck right in. Yeah. I mean, it's Sauber. I mean, uh, yeah. they don't need to blame anyone for their bad performance. <laughs> it's a Sauber. They there was just a come lot. to They them w- and say,
2: oh, I was in a Sauber. There was a lot of talk on the build up about how he's like a local boy. Uh, Leclerc. Of he's Leclerc he's Monégasque. he's Monégasque. he's from Monaco as opposed to all the other drivers who just live there for tax reasons he was born there for tax reasons <laughs> it's like it's just it doesn't feel like the best place to be proud of being from it's like I am just I'm just corrupt
1: again <laughs> okay. McLaren. So Alonso looked like he might have another promising but not great weekend. Uh, then he had a gearbox issue and he had to retire. Van Dorn chose the wrong tyres and then he had badly timed pit stops.
2: I mean you can't help but wonder that Alonso should have done the Indy five hundred again. <laughs> really? I was
0: a lot more intre- I'd have been a lot more interested in that weekend if Alonso was doing the Indy five hundred again. He said beforehand that he was looking forward to going back to Monaco. I don't know if he still thinks that
2: now. They're just going to lose it. He's not going to be there next year. I hate he can't Monaco, go so much. But let's just talk a lot. Alonso can't be there next year, can he?
1: We say this every year.
2: But I think that all the promise built on, like, if we get Renault, we're going to be up there with the third place, blah, blah, blah. There's nothing... I mean, but then again, no other team will have him. So this is Alonso's last year in Formula 1, isn't it? It could be. I think it is. Full-time... Well, he's already doing full-time Wacky Races, but... I think it's sad.
1: I don't know. We predicted this last year, so...
2: Yeah,
0: but this year I'm saying it was. He's conference. already won Monaco, has not he? He's won Monaco before. He's won hasn't Monaco, he? yeah. Okay, so he doesn't need to do it for his triple crown.
2: Exactly. Might as well just sack it off again next year.
1: All of which leads us to the standings with Terry Saunders.
2: Right. Well, as we've talked about the uh, Monaco Grand Prix, we may have mentioned was quite boring. So I tried to work out for the driver standings, boring things. So, uh, in first place in the championship is Lewis having to do the washing up. <laughs> um, Sebastian Battery Low is second. Daniel GPDR Ricardo. Oh, God. GPDR Ricardo emails is coming out the rear. Valtteri went ages for a Bottas then two come at once. And then Kimmy Waiting Room. Uh, Max Verstappen is in sixth. And Flight Delay Alonso. I'm very acutely aware of that one this weekend is in 7th place. Nico on Holdenberg and in ninth place <laughs> Carlos Sock Pairing. 10th is Kevin's Doctors' Magazines are always out of date aren't they? And in 11th place is Paint Dry Gasly. Screen Time Perez is 12th. Existential Nothingness Ocon is 13th and Charles Leclerc that's a good one. Charles Leclerc <laughs> is 14th. Stoffer off for of 15th which is getting quite boring because he is not charismatic all very good. Uh, Lance Throw Internet. Uh, Monica Eriksson. And coming up the rear, Brendan having to say what for the third time, but you still haven't heard what they said. So you just say, uh-huh. <laughs> and the teams. So you may have heard in the news that the, the new Thames thing, which I've been using because it goes to near my oh, house. Don't get me started. It's apparently quite bad. It's awful. And they're talking about uh, nationalizing all the rails. And I happened to read this while sat on a train. So I thought, well, what if... Instead of nationalising, they got some of the Formula One teams <laughs> to run the trains. What would these services be like? Well, in first place, Mercedes it would be a very efficient train service, but the drivers would moan a lot on the tannoy. <laughs> Second place, uh, there would be Ferrari, it'd be a great service, but there'd be zero announcements, it's nothing, nothing at all. Third place, Red Bull it would be a super fast train, but one would get cancelled. <laughs> Renault, next year the time tour would be great. McLaren would just be Southern Rail. <laughs> Force India would just be hundreds of people clinging on the outside of the train. Um, Toro Rosso would be Thomas the Tank Engine but with Gasly's face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Haas would be a goods train, it's miles long, then halfway through it would just be Ericsson smashed into it. Um, Saiba would be that train you see covered in graffiti on the sidings near the station you feel quite sad for. And Williams would just be a steam train used for films and weddings only. <laughs> Thank you.
1: So now it's time for my quiz.
2: Chicka, chicka, quiz, chicka, chicka, chicka quiz, chicka quiz, little big quiz, chicka quiz.
1: And this one is called, based on Monaco, how slow can you go?
2: <laughs> how slow can you go?
1: So question one, who got the slowest lap this year?
0: This year? What, and at this
1: Monaco? Monaco.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. OK.
2: Sirocchi. <laughs> um, um, oh, no,
1: I've got it, I've got it, I've
2: got it. Can I answer again? Um, Hamilton. No. Hartley.
1: No, it was Charles Leclerc.
2: Oh, he went by with his brakes. Oh, OK, good answer. It's a pretty slow lap because he crashed Ooh. halfway around. He still hasn't finished it. OK,
1: well, anyway. Question two. Which corner is the slowest on the circuit?
0: Lowe's hairpin. off
1: So the answer number two was the Fairpoint hairpin.
2: Fairmont hairpin. The Fairpoint Convention.
1: <laughs> <laughs> question three. Who had the slowest pit stop?
2: I'm going to go for Ocar Sorokin. No, Perez.
1: Perez. We well, are both wrong, oh. is Lance Stroll, oh, whose awesome. pit stop was 33.887 Ooh, that seconds. Is a, oh, that sorry.
2: is a long pit stop, even in is.
1: Monaco. Okay, question four. The slowest winning speed at Monaco was in 1950, which was 61 miles per hour. Who won that?
2: Um,
0: what year was it? Sorry, 1950. Fangio. Yes. Yeah. You know what bloody year it so was. So that's
1: uh, question five. How many times was the word slow used in the post-race press conference? Oh my
2: God. Fourteen. Fourteen. Thirty-six. I think it's a lot less than you thought. One. None. Never used. Four. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, and who said them all?
2: Uh, how one? Alonso.
1: Daniel Ricciardo. Yes. Oh. Okay. So the scores are at the end of that. Phil one. Terry one. two. Did so I get two? Yeah. I'm not sure how. That's what, that's what Matt says.
0: Well done, Terry.
2: Ha <laughs> ha loser.
1: Okay. so. and <laughs> So now it's time for The State of F1 with Terry Saunders.
2: Monaco is glamorous, it's historic, and after the Gridgold massacre, it's the only place you can get a bit of tit around here. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, lads? But right. it's also... <laughs> Is is it's well for the, the, the female, other- female <laughs> listenership. <laughs> it's also really boring. Yes, cars threading through the narrow streets is amazing, but like most amazing things, if it looks easy, it's boring. As an aside, uh, there was a thing in the news today about David Copperfield, the magician, got sued by someone who was volunteered for one of his tricks and said he got injured. And apparently what happened is you got people from the audience and they go on stage and then in no time whatsoever they'd appear on the other side of the stage in some kind of magic trick and everyone went, oh my god, how did you get there really? Oh, it's like magic. And apparently what happened is they made people like run through all the backstage area and through the kitchen and like all these volunteers were going, run, quick, quick, and this guy fell over and hit his head and then sued him, but it's fine. Anyway, so it's a bit like that. <laughs> That's what Monaco's like. You know, it's like, unless you see someone falling over and hitting their head then it's just looks easy. And as we discussed earlier, not easy. I'm getting to a point, don't worry. Monaco is what it is. Talk of doing it backwards, adding a second level, or extending it into the sea will just fall on death ears. Because people don't want to change the track layout. It's, it's like a legacy historic layout. So what do we do? Well, don't worry, I have a solution. This weekend, I was mainly gently pissed in Italy, like the Italians. And one night, I was idly watching TV in a hotel, and they were showing an Italian game show called Caduta Libera, translated as Freefall. In this game, a circle of contestants all try and solve anagrams in a face-off with another contestant. The loser then has to take off their glasses, <laughs> if they're wearing any, and the audience all hold out their arms outwards and wiggle and go... Ooh. And a trapdoor opens below the contestant, who falls through into the floor, and uh, then there's lots of slow-mo replays. You can probably see where I'm going with this. Like the old 100, 107% qualifying rule that actually makes no sense whatsoever. You can't have a percentage of time, and 107 isn't a number. <laughs> but there should be a threshold of interest. If there haven't been X amount of overtakes by lap Y, then there should be Z. The radio channels will all be opened and there will be a series of general knowledge questions for the drivers. Then there'll be a nominate situation and Charlie Whiting has to spell out an anagram or it could appear on their little screen on the dashboard for two drivers to solve. The loser then has to slow up over the trap door at the start and finish line and all the team bosses hold out their hands and go, and the car falls through the trap door or they could fix overtaking. Up to you, 4-1. <laughs> Ball's in your court. I've given you an answer. I mean, the sad
1: thing
0: is that that's not the stupidest idea that somebody in power at F1 has probably come up with in the past. The amazing. It was a very bizarre TV show.
1: So that is it from us is goodbye to Phil Tromans.
0: Goodbye. We have not had time to talk about Pirelli being asked to simplify the tyre names for 2019. The powers that be have had enough of their shit and they've said, sort it out. It's too complicated. We've got nine different names. None of them make any sense. So next year, apparently, new names for the tyres. It's going to be much easier to understand.
1: Ultra Super, very soft. If
0: they take our idea of just doing hard, medium and soft for any compound,
1: I think we should sue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Terry Saunders.
2: We also haven't talked about Felipe Massa is going to Formula
1: E, (laughs) which
2: is just... Pathetic. But sh-
0: let's not forget that Formula E is definitely not where old F1 drivers go to see out their careers. I mean, I reckon, and Formula it's scandalous
2: e, to say otherwise. I think Formula E probably lobbying quite hard to get him not to go. <laughs> it's like, please, please don't. You
0: should get Maldonado in. It'd be quite fun. You imagine Maldonado in electricity. <laughs> oh God! What? I'm in the bath again. <laughs> If they, do a Mon- if they do a Formula E race at Monaco they go into the drink
1: we'll be back in two weeks time to discuss the Canadian Grand Prix in Montreal but in the meantime check out our Facebook page facebook.com for f1sake and follow us on Twitter at for f1sake and Instagram and there's an Instagram and probably not a Snapchat too and you can buy merchandise from ff1s.com forward slash shop
0: and buy some tickets to come and see us live oh yeah if you we haven't could. been completely put
2: off by that past episode that we Maybe just you've had a very big Saturday night out and you want someone to have a nap on a Sunday.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we will see you in a fortnight. I'm been Graz. Goodbye. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.